Hello there, listeners, and welcome to the next issue of the Pink Drive uh, weekly motoring show. My name is Forti Mazzoni. I'm the motoring journalist on Gay Say Radio, and uh, it's a pleasure to be with you again. And uh, we discuss issues to do with motoring, new cars, what's happening, how to fix the gay community, and then we discuss everything around the issue of motoring. And today, I want to have a little vent. I'm going to have a little vent with you because uh, we've been discussing just the general issue of service just lately, and uh, I had to take a coin to uh, receive some panel-beating attention this week. And I'm sure all of you are just like busy groaning already because you've all got your same horror story. But it doesn't have to be this way. And we're just going to discuss a few little issues around servicing at car dealerships and certainly at panel beaters because that affects us all. So to cut a long story short, the bottom line is I sent in a Mini Cooper to be repaired. Small little scratches. My daughter was driving um, in a large parking lot and she was sideswiped by a drunk driver who forced her against the wall. She grazed the front panel. He clipped the back of her car and, as is the man, you know, manner of drunk drivers, rushed off without stopping. So, um, obviously approached my broker in normal fashion and because the car is still under a motor plan, Mini is run by BMW, we were forced to take the car to the BMW repairer in Pretoria. And I'm going to use them as the example. So Auto Repair Center in Zambezi. And this car went in for minor damage, and it is now six and a half weeks later. And I still haven't received the car. So firstly, I mean, I think that uh, the important thing is when you hand in your cars, especially in monopolistic kind of practices where they force you to take a car due to motor plan or whatever the various manufacturers call it, restrictions, one should expect a certain very elevated, I suppose, level of service and uh, level of repair. Um, it was a very simple instruction, just get the car back into new shape. And then what happened? So what happened was I didn't receive any feedback for four weeks. No, Mr. Mazzoni, your car is... Um, in paint shop or it's in preparation or anything like that. So eventually I chased him up after four weeks, managed to get hold of somebody. And uh, I was told that, uh, Mr. Mazzoni, with your cards in, uh, we haven't received any news from the assessor. And so, so I phoned my broker in a rage who was completely innocent. The assessor had been there within two days of the car being there and the car had been assessed and corrected and uh, approved for repairs. So they were talking absolute nonsense, which they then acknowledged because then my, you know, once I mentioned it to them, then I got a sort of slightly sheepish phone call back from them saying, oh, um, we, we made a mistake. In fact, your car is in and uh, it's busy being attended to and it'll be ready by the end of the week. Lo and behold, the end of the week came, went to look at the car, sent my daughter over to go and pick it up the car with a very handsome three and a half thousand rand so-called excess and she arrived there to find only half the work had been done so one of the corners had been done and the rest of the car was left as is now obviously sense would tell you why would you only have half your car repaired the response was 
Um, well, the assessor came here, I had a look at the car and told us to repair this. I said, well, look, who's more important? The client, us, or, you know, it's obvious. If you've sent the car and you mean to have everything assessed on the car and just absolutely moronic behavior. Anyway, to, just lost my cool, did the usual, had a little hissy on them, and uh, they uh, obviously took the car back in and said the car will be sorted. This time I got two phone calls, which was a sort of improvement, one that the car was in preparation, uh, next one was in paint, and then I was finally told it would be ready this week. And uh, Monday I took the long drive out to Montana, 30-minute drive through the toll gate, the expense of getting somebody to come with me, um, take an hour out of their day to go and pick the car up. We arrived there, and then the two corners of the car were fixed, but the other little marks on the car, which were, I suppose, a pain, and everything I'd asked them to fix was not done. And But Mr. Mazzoni, we assumed you, we only wanted you to repair the damage. I said, but I had given you clear instructions telephonically. I had a whole train of email and uh, to say, please get the car in as new condition. Uh, and, I mean, what's it to do with them how the car was damaged, the bottom line is they have to just repair the whole damn thing. And um, so again, I was forced not to take the car. So I then resorted to uh, calling the managing director of BMW and the MD of the uh, local BMW dealership, who unfortunately uh, no longer actually owns the Sembizi. It's now owned by another private company. And they took over the reins from me. And then since then, I've had 40 apologetic phone calls from everybody from BMW head office uh, right through to the dealership. And they've now arranged that they're going to repair the rest of the car free of charge, allegedly. We will now wait and see. But uh, why does one have to go to this level of pain just to get service? And I think this is an issue that affects all of us. And I think that, um, you know, for this is a motoring show, but I think we should just discuss, and I would love to hear your experiences because we need to expose people that give this kind of shitty service. It's just unacceptable. And cars are a massive investment today. They're also like throwing money into the fire because the moment you drive that car off the dealership floor, you and I both, all of us know that uh, your car depreciates at a frightening level. So if you've paid, for argument's sake, 350,000 Rand for a new Mini today, as you drive it off the dealership floor, you lose 100,000 Rand of that value almost immediately. And then, you know, when you're investing this kind of money and you're taking the plunge and going with a new car with motor plan and all this, you expect better. So I would like you as um, our wonderful listening family, so to speak, and the LBGTI family, to send me mails about shitty service because um, I'd love to hear about your experiences and then we'll get these people to answer about it on the radio because uh, this is about consumers and that's us too. And, you know, if you want to get into our market, our community, our family, uh, you better be prepared to offer the right kind of service. So my mail address is 40, F-O-R-T-I, at Radio. .co.za and get hold of me, send me a mail, and let's take these morons on.
But uh, I'll come back now after this little break while we get some soothing music because I was feeling really irritated. I'm still feeling irritated today. So let's listen to some soothing music and we'll come back and listen to a different experience. Enjoy. And we're back. After that, I hope you're feeling suitably soothed, feeling a little bit more relaxed. Um, sorry, having to listen to this uh, vent, but uh, we got to discuss these issues. And just to, by way of contrast, um, an experience I had recently with Porsche in uh, South Africa. Um, somebody clipped my bumper, tiny little dent uh, on a very new car. And uh, Porsche also insists that you use only their dealerships for repairs, which is fair enough because obviously they offer a very comprehensive motor plan. They want to make sure the car gets looked after properly. But what a difference. You know, you took the car into Porsche, firstly, warmly welcomed, a lovely cup of coffee. And you sit down at a desk and talk to a human being um, who attends to you and walks out to the car with you, looks at the car properly, takes photos of the entire car to ensure that uh, if at a later stage there's any claims and damage, that um, if you're given a car in a perfect condition, you're going to get it back in a perfect condition with obviously the little bit of damage repaired, which I appreciated. I thought it was fair and honest practice. And um, yeah, to cut a long story short, I handed in the car. I was given an immediate phone call uh, later in the day to say, Damage had been assessed. And by the way, Mr. Mazzoni, your car is due for its service. So if you don't mind, we're not only going to repair the car for you, but we're going to do the service at the same time. Uh, because obviously your car otherwise just stands there doing nothing in between, which I thought was amazing. And uh, that's what they did. Um, they serviced the car. Its normal annual service was covered under motor plan. And in addition, I got a phone call Every single day. Mr. Mazzoni, this is what's happening to your car at this stage. We're prepping it. It's going in for paint today. This, this, this. And uh, I got the car back within a week. Looking absolutely brand new. The car had been cleaned. It had been valeted. It had been serviced. So in any other dealership, one might have almost expected the same amount of time to be done for proper annual service, except they had actually done the repairs. They Clean the car. It, I got the car back looking like the day I bought it. And uh, wonderful, friendly service, very polite. Yes, there was an excess to be paid. Yes, the excess was fairly scary. But, I mean, when one receives service like that, one, you know, accepts the fact that you're driving a prestigious car. This is the excess. Um, it was well known to start off with. And, uh, I had no issues with that because we all know if we get service and service is all important, we don't mind paying for it. And uh, what a contrast. BMW, not good enough, I'm afraid. Really shitty. Porsche, well done. You've just uh, confirmed me as a further client. And so next time one goes out to go and spend uh, well in excess of a million rand or if you want to spend 350,000 Rand, your money should be equally welcome and the level of service should be roughly the same. And uh, let that be a lesson to uh, any of the people out there in the motor industry listening. And then to us as listeners, as potential clients and as the SA gay family, uh, let's be, um, let's watch where we spend our bucks because uh, after sale service is so important. And uh, what a contrast. 
Anyway, let's uh, listen to some music, and uh, I'm going to come back to you after this song, and uh, as an extension of our little chat on service and what's going on, uh, we're going to talk about the wonderful thing that's just exploded on the scene the last couple of years, and that is track days and events that they organize for their customers, and uh, again, some very interesting experiences. Enjoy the music. Yes, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, sounds so corny, but music's important. We need it to uh, take our mind off the work these days. Anyway, we, um, we're going to talk about track days. We're going to talk about events that are organized by the various manufacturers. And uh, just lately, I've experienced three such events. And uh, again, very uh, interesting contrasts. But uh, here, a more customer focus and... Um, more um, sort of uh, really um, interesting use of marketing materials, marketing in general, and a good way of pulling and holding customers. Uh, the first one uh, that I had the pleasure of attending just lately was a wonderful Jaguar experience, which took place in Johannesburg at the Jaguar Experience Center. And uh, what a beautiful facility it is. So just uh, slightly out to the north of Johannesburg on a lovely big plot of land, um, very easy to access, um, fantastic security. You take your car in and uh, you're greeted very warmly by a team uh, of both instructors and people who work there. Absolutely fantastic restaurant, which, by the way, you as a consumer can actually go and use um, at any time. You can go and have meetings there. You can uh, go and have a lovely lunch there. And uh, it's a fabulous facility. The food was really, really good. And speaking as a restaurateur as well, as you know, I, I'm a chef and a restaurateur. I was very impressed by the level of the catering. Um, the event itself was fantastic. So what they do is they take out a whole selection of what's available on the Jaguar stable at the moment and also all the new vehicles from Range Rover and Land Rover, and uh, you get to drive them in a variety of driving situations. Um, they take you on a skid pan, they teach you defensive driving techniques, um, they teach you how to counter-steer uh, when your car oversteers, so you know that feeling that of losing control where you feel like you're losing the back, you've got a lot of practice on the skid pan on how to effectively counter-steer how to save yourself in dangerous situations. But more importantly, I think what they did is they give people confidence in their cars because modern motor vehicles, and this is all of them these days, you know, this is pretty standard that they come with um, sort of stability packages. Each manufacturer calls it by a different name, but effectively they're all manufactured by more or less the same company that uh, installs the electronics under the hood. And uh, the modern electronics are astonishing. Uh, you can literally uh, drive your car at speeds that were hitherto unimaginable in fairly um, silly uh, weather conditions, and the car will save you. And the car will save you through a combination of factors. I mean, all stability programs work on a sort of built-in gyroscope, which uh, runs a computer in the car, and then individually brakes various wheels or accelerates if necessary, um, to keep the car under control. So if they feel, for example, the car is understeering, they will break the, out, uh, the inner wheel, rather not the outside wheel, otherwise you'll spin out the inner wheel and tighten up the line of the car so that you follow the direction that you have steered in, um, obviously the necessary 
Braking will be applied to the wheels because you know that instantly as you apply braking, all the weight is transferred to the front of the car and then puts the weight over the wheels, which are supposed to determine which direction you're traveling in. And all these things are explained to you in a wonderfully informative way by a very, very fine team of instructors. Friendly, they're in the car with you the whole time, um, which is, I think, something unique to the Jaguar experience. And... um, Wow, what a pleasant event. Um, also, lots of fun to be had, drag racing, gym corner racing where you race around cones, um, just showing you the performance of the new cars, which is staggering. I mean, great big 4x4s weighing over two tons that can hit 100 k's an hour in four seconds, which is really was hypercar territory as little as 10 years ago. And, uh, you know, really a most effective marketing tool, really shows off the cars in the absolute best light. And uh, for me as a consumer, what an interesting experience. I think you should uh, try and get on one. You can book and uh, go to one privately, but, um, and, you know, just go as a normal customer. But I think that uh, if you make it known to your local Jaguar dealer that you'd like to go on one of these experiences and you're thinking of buying a Jaguar, and they'll certainly invite you to one, and as their guest, and uh, may I strongly advise you to do so. What a wonderfully informative day, um, both from perspective of making a better driver and also from the perspective of um, you learning how the electronic systems in your car work and, uh, you know, how fantastic modern cars are. They really are so safe. Um, you know, the very interesting uh, thing that I did on the day was I went for a drive in the new Jaguar I-Pace, which, you know, is my favorite car. And all the interesting systems that are incorporated into that electrical masterpiece were shown off to maximum advantage. I mean, you literally have a car now which can virtually drive itself. It's got uh, the most fantastic sort of autopilot functions where you, um, even though you're keeping your hands on the wheel, the car will steer you down a highway and make sure that you maintain correct following distances. It has sensors all around the car to make sure that you don't steer the car out of the lane into the path of oncoming car or somebody in your blind spot. And um, I think that uh, that sort of technology is really going to save lives. And the amazing thing is about this technology, it's really dribbling down now into entry-level cars. You can now buy cars, uh, you know, not when I say entry-level, I mean cars that are just the sort of cars that the normal man in the street can afford, which have these features. I see the new little range of Renaults that are coming out all have this blind spot detection and and those are amazing, interesting and very important features to keep you as a South African motorist alive, especially bearing in mind that we probably have the worst drivers in the world and you all know what I'm what I mean. It's daily we take our lives into our hands on the streets and I think these things help a lot. And so, well done. Kudos to Jaguar. Excellent experience. Um, A very interesting uh, one that's offered is uh, the BMW offers a whole range of driving experiences, um, right from a full day track day, right to a little short event uh, uh, with a Gymkhana. And again, uh, very well run, uh, very, very proficient instructors. Um, the one I attended to took place on the um, skid pan of a local racetrack. And uh, again, defensive driving techniques were taught. Um, and a very interesting thing on this event was that the instructors were 
uh, very uh, efficient at teaching you how to drive defensively, also how to escape uh, situations where you might be hijacked, um, how to approach blind risers in South Africa to make them part of your driving style, always approach blind, uh, blind risers on you know the road as far left. It might sound logical, but uh, these are things that uh, they drill into your heads that when you find yourself driving on the road, you unconsciously or always have those instructions sort of living in your head. And uh, certainly one day that might be the instruction that keeps you alive as some idiot tries to overtake somebody on the blind drives. So all these uh, little wonderful snippets of information all coming to you. The big advantage on the um, on this wonderful uh, advanced driving course that I went to on BMW is that you actually get issued a certificate at the end, which you can take to your insurance company and uh, get a reduction on your premium, uh, which I thought was a very useful thing. As a matter of fact, my premium was affected by 90 bucks a month. So I thought that was a good investment. Um, the courses are not cheap, although if you're fortunate enough, um, your dealer can also invite you on these courses, or BMW themselves. I was fortunate enough to get an invitation but um, the courses range from about 500 bucks through to sort of 3,000 rand for a whole day event. And um, I thought they were fantastic value for money. Um, yeah, catering, not quite that Jaguar standard, uh, but a nice selection of drinks and snacks. So I'm just the basics. But the actual standard of the training was exceptional. Very, very good. And so kudos to BMW uh, for this uh, marketing uh, tool. Um, a nice feature of the BMW event was at the end they have a competitive Gymkhana where you win a car. So everyone, of course, drove their heart out. I was, uh, being the competitive person I am, absolutely driving my heart out. And uh, I made the fastest time through the Gymkhana and waited patiently and expectantly for my new car. And I was presented with a beautiful scale model of my car as a gift. So not quite the new car, but it sits proudly on my shelf with its little description of why I won it. So yeah, a nice little ego boost and lots of fun. The, the, the whole day was a fun event. And so yeah, kudos to BMW. Um, but I've saved, uh, again, my best one for last. But uh, I'll tell you a little bit about it uh, after we listen to some uh, nice music, driving music. Enjoy. I've saved... This last event, uh, listeners, uh, for you, um, those of you that just tuned in, uh, my name is Forty Forty Mazzoni, and you are listening to The Pink Drive, so the driving show on Gay SA Radio, where we talk about uh, issues related to driving, service, new models, and uh, driving as it affects the gay community. So um, we were talking about uh, different events that are organized by the uh, you know, various manufacturers, both as a marketing tool, but uh, certainly the, the events that you can derive uh, satisfaction. Uh, you can get to learn your vehicles and learn the electronic systems that are attached to your vehicles that keep you safe. So the last event that I went to was a new series of events that have just been launched by Porsche in South Africa. And as a Porsche driver, um, you have this slight problem because you drive this uh, supercar capable of amazing turns of speed and I think most or the average South African driver is not prepared adequately for driving at those speeds and of course the, the fact remains that 
Um, we have very restrictive uh, driving laws and speed limits, which, of course, are there for a reason, for keep other people safe on the road and perfectly acceptable they are. But uh, for people that drive a supercar, it's so nice to be able to drive it on a track um, in the manner which the car was designed for. So, of course, being Porsche and Porsche being Porsche and run by the very, very articulate and erudite Mr. Toby Fenter, we all got uh, wonderful personalized invites to a Porsche track day, which they call guided driving. And um, there are a series of internationally trained instructors on hand. And you arrive at Kalami Racetrack, which is now, in fact, owned by Porsche South African um, Mr. Fenter's companies, and uh, to be greeted by the most amazing spread of catering. So just absolutely fantastic breakfast, uh, most beautiful coffees. Um, you know, they have uh, a wonderful thing called the Carrera Cafe at every single Porsche branch in South Africa. And as a Porsche driver, you get a little card, your Carrera Cafe card. And uh, when you drive a Porsche, um, they actually... One of the benefits of driving a Porsche is that you can go to any Carrera Cafe in South Africa, go and sit and have a lovely coffee, a pastry, and that's with the compliments of Porsche. Um, I think it's an astonishing piece of marketing. Uh, very clever, of course, because they're uh, situated right in the middle of their beautiful showrooms. And uh, so all the new models are out on display. So especially for a fat chop like me, uh, what is it? It's like putting the fat boy in the chocolate shop. You know, you just want to buy more and more and more. So they whet your appetite for whatever's new. They've got beautiful Porsche merchandising shops that sell gorgeous clothing, uh, really nice watches, and, you know, all the little trinkets, which are a lot of fun and um, very important for our egos. And um, anyway, so they set up a, a fantastic career at Cafe, fabulous breakfast, and then uh, followed by a briefing by professional race drivers, and then uh, you are able to take your car out on Kalami track, which is without a doubt the most beautiful racetrack in South Africa. I mean, it is just in a different league. It's a proper international racetrack. And um, what they do is they start you out initially fairly slowly because obviously it's normal drivers arriving in their Porsches. Many of them have never had any track experience whatsoever. And you are taught in the briefing the various lines, the meaning of oversteer, the meaning of understeer, how to approach the corner, what the fastest line is through a corner, and why one behaves in the way, and how you accelerate and how you brake, weight transfer, and a wonderfully informative briefing. And then, of course, they put it into practice on the track, and uh, you are then taken around the track in successively faster laps um, in your own car. So you are in your car all by yourself. Everyone's linked with radios, and the instructor is right in front um, in his own Porsche, and uh, what happens at the end of every lap, the person that's immediately behind the instructor has to pull off in the main straight and then join the pack. At the, and they take five cars on at the same time. And everybody gets a couple of laps right behind the instructor. So you can watch the absolutely perfect lines. The instructors are all amazing at what they do. And then through the course of the day, just gets successively faster and faster until you are sort of by the end of the day racing at probably 80% of track pace. I think for many people, it's the fastest they've ever driven in their cars um, in a perfectly safe and controlled environment because even if you do sort of uh, pull a silly move, you've got those wonderful runoff areas in Kyle Army, the marshals are all there, the safety people are all there. 
And because uh, it's done in such a controlled manner, we didn't have a single incident the whole day. And by the end of the day, even fairly inexperienced drivers were able to drive their cars around the track at a really good clip. And um, in between, there were lovely breaks at which we were fed more and more. And uh, we were all given personalized, the most beautiful um, sort of name tags and uh, printed on plastic with your name, the group you were in, and uh, at the back of the uh, tag, um, a description of the whole program of the day. And when I arrived there, they asked you to arrive with a full tank of petrol. But unfortunately, on the way there, uh, we were delayed on Kalami. There was a huge accident on the Kalami access road, and all the traffic was blocked in both directions for about an hour while an airlift uh, helicopter arrived, which was perfectly understandable. But uh, obviously, all that idling, all that wasting time on the road, and I'd used, say, a quarter tank of petrol by the time I got there, um, which was no problem for Porsche. The next thing, my key was taken away, and some wonderful person from Porsche really took takes the car and goes and fills it for you. And just the most amazing service, just so smooth, so slick. And the whole day, just organized to the T, and everything ran with German precision. I mean, we told we would be finished by 12, and two minutes past 12, we were back and saying our farewells. So also for us uh, busy people, uh, career people, you know, if you take four or five hours out of your day to a attend an event like this, you want it to run on time so that you can schedule the rest of your meetings and so on. And I've got to tell you, this event was spectacular. So not only very informative, but um, I thought amazing marketing, that whole display of uh, their brand new, recently, recently released cars. So they've just released the new hybrid KN, which was there on display, amazing piece of kit, very powerful motor, allied to even more powerful electrical motors to create a car that has the performance of the top of the range Porsche Turbo with the fuel economy, literally of a small car. The display of cars was uh, sensational. The new 911 was on display as well. Um, it's just received a massive, massive upgrade. The new 991 model out, it's got a massively improved interior, which looks like jewelry, for want of a better term. Absolutely the most beautiful controls, all made out of knurled solid aluminium. Um, wonderful tactile experience to sit in that car, the leather, exceptional so you just, every single surface you touch in that car is soft touch, great. Nothing feels cheap. Nothing feels tacky. And um, what uh, a special experience. So I must say, I think my award for service of the week all around has to go to Porsche. Yep, you pays your bucks, but you get what you pay for. And I think that's essential. Let's take a break and let's uh, listen to some music. So during our show today, we've been talking about various service experiences, the track days. I know Mercedes uh, offers a similar event. I haven't been on it yet, but I'm sure I'll get a chance to go. Um, and uh, I believe uh, Ford has a similar facility, and uh, as does Nissan. And I think uh, all of you and every driver should go on a defensive driving course. I think it's essential um, to help you become both a better driver, a more aware driver, and also help you to escape from potential harms, uh, situations of harm. Which brings me to the next uh, little segment I want to discuss on my show today, and that is why does the South African police not do more 
to prevent um, this horrifying phenomenon of smash and grab. So one of my very dear friends sent me <clears throat> a message this morning and uh, she drives uh, one of these jolly great big Prados and uh, was coming back from uh, halfway in, uh, from Hardebeer's Port. Uh, she'd just gone to get two schnauzers and uh, on her way back with uh, a little child in the car, um, she was smashed and grabbed at Eurfius uh, Road. And what happened was there was a sort of whole queue of cars there and literally a whole gang of thugs swarmed out from the side of the road and attacked three or four of the cars at the same time. So some were being sort of served as distractions on the driver's side, and then all the passenger door windows in her Prado were smashed, both at the same time. Um, she had the sort of, she was wide awake enough to just put her foot flat. She drove through the red robot and just to get away. So unfortunately, though, she suffers two smashed windows. Thank goodness for smash and grab, which, by the way, is an essential. Please, everybody, get smash and grab on your car because it uh, can save you from a lot of harm. And uh, so they weren't able to get in the car. They weren't able to do anything, but she was obviously visibly very shocked. The little one has to go to a child psychologist today. And uh, what a horrifying experience. And uh, one just hears about it again and again and again. And I mean, it's a whole little army at this place, at uh, the Euphius, uh, the little spot where Euphius Road comes down. And, you know, if police know about this, why do they not do something about it? And this is something I think that we as a family, as a community, um, should really take on and address with the SAPS. And I think uh, these got to be addressed in forums. Um, you know, there are now community forums where one can address these things with the police. And I think that uh, these are things that need to be taken seriously. There's a lot of hijack hotspots around Pretoria, Johannesburg. I know, I know Natal has uh, suffers from the same problem and certainly in the Cape. And uh, I think this is uh, something that uh, we need to address uh, with the police. I think that also you as a driver need to attend some of these defensive driving courses we've been talking about. And by all means, uh, just get that smash and grab on your car. It's so important. And at night, I know it sounds terrible, but I'm going to advise you, just in these spots, just ignore the red robots. So someone's going to call me a thug for saying so, but just slow down. Treat them all as yield signs. And you know what? It's better to get a couple of hundred rand fine than it is to have to uh, suffer broken windows or worse um, at the hands of these thugs. Um, I uh, unfortunately had a, a very negative experience with a police roadblock earlier this week. One of the cars I drive is an old Alpha Spider. It's a beautiful car, it brings a smile to your face. Um, it's slow, it's glorious, and its roof is down. And unfortunately, due to the way it was built, um, it doesn't allow you to attach a front number plate without putting a huge, horrendously ugly piece of plastic over the front of your car and then attaching the number plate. Um, and uh, I was driving through Pretoria, um, took the Atterbury off-ramp, and then lo and behold, under the bridge where they are well hidden from any observation, lay the usual group of Metro cop thugs waiting to uh, solicit bribes from the motorists. And so I was stopped by a person who, hmm, if he was wearing a black and white shirt, 
and a little black mask, it would have been more obvious what he was there for because it was very obvious he was just there to grab bribes from the people. And I refuse. So um, he uh, set about with his usual routine of attempting to intimidate me and frighten me about the value of the fine he was going to write for me because I was driving without a front number plate. And then lo and behold, just to make matters worse, I'd uh, jumped into the car straight from in my chef uniform. I had, had to go and pick up something in Pretoria North, and I'd forgotten to uh, transfer my wallet into my pants, which of course put me in the wrong because I was driving without a license. Um, well, license on me. And, um, you know, and then started threatening me about this and threatening to arrest me, which I then just invited him to do um, because I know they can't just arrest you for nonsense like that. And uh, for every little, you know, thing he had to say, I just refused to be intimidated. And I just told him to look that my time was short. He really was uh, carrying on, just write the fine, get it over with and just give it to me so I can carry on my way. And, uh, you know, the whole way through, even when he was writing the fine, he says, but, you know, we can make this go away. We can sort this out. And um, so I tried uh, to uh, find out what his name was and uh, I tried to find a badge number on him. Nothing was available. But... Uh, the moment I escaped this little trap, I phoned uh, one of the city councillors and uh, to moan, and uh, they got hold of Metro. And of course, by the time Metro arrived there, these guys were on their way already, oh, if that's true, or of course they received a warning that someone's moaning about them. So my advice to you um, is do not allow yourself to be intimidated by these thugs and uh, report them immediately. Uh, give the information to your city councillor and I think if enough of us really go out of our way to report these intimidatory and kind of thuggish antics of these uh, cops, especially the metro cops, they seem to be the worst, uh, we need to crack down on corruption. If they spent as much time soliciting bribes uh, on fighting crime, I certainly think we'd have a much better general crime situation. So that's our motoring show in a wrap. We're going to play out with uh, some lovely driving music. I hope I've raised some points for you to ponder. Again, my email address, 40 at gaysaradio.co.za. Get hold of me <clears throat> if you've got issues that you'd like me to raise on the show. And hopefully, um, you know, we can also bring in some guests that are more informed to uh, keep you up to date with the information. Uh, next week's show, we've got uh, some lovely guests coming in. We're going to be talking about a few new models that have been released, and uh, we're going to do a road test as well next week. So that should be a lot of fun. Uh, thank you very much for listening. I hope uh, it was informative and uh, not boring. Uh, if it is, tell me. Just send me a mail. But uh, if you enjoyed it, tell me too. And uh, I always look forward to doing this show with you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy the music.